to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on, Finest Crew? Welcome back to another episode. We are getting deep into the preseason. It's finally here, and there's so much to talk about. I want to get into doing an episode on the preseason stuff because there's so much going on, so many news uh narratives and things of that nature going on i gotta get this episode out of the way so i can get into the opposite into the to the preseason stuff i really want to jump into that so in this episode we're going to finish up our running back uh rankings 11 through 20 um i had to handle some business getting some stuff organized um it's a lot going on in the background uh getting fantasy leagues that i commissioned up and running because you know what that's what i wanted to do i wanted to do this as soon as I started the episode. So shout out to all the commissioners that are going through it right now. (laughs) Like me trying to get your fantasy leagues up and running. Maybe you started this week. Maybe you started a couple months ago. If you got a dynasty league, you know, I ain't talking to y'all. Y'all y'all draft like back in February, (laughs) getting ready for the new season and all that hoopla dynasty leagues is cool. I've done, I'm doing a few, I'm getting into it a little bit more, but redraft has always been my favorite format because you get to start over every season, start over from scratch, you know, because everything is constantly changing in the NFL from year to year. And I know the perspective of dynasty uh, players is, you know, you get to be the GM, you get to do different things. And, but when you got a squad that's trash, it's 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 going to take longer to get things. It could take longer. You never know because everything changes in the NFL. So you might have you might look like you have a bad squad, but it could be a little diamond in the rough. It just may take a year or two for everything to come in. But I don't want to deal with that. I want to have fun when I play. So redraft, I get to draft my own squad from top to bottom every season. Me and the fellas get to get together and do the draft and, you know, bust on each other and you know, talk trash while we while we doing a draft. Like that's what I want. That's what I love. Like, you can't really do that in a rookie draft. The rookie draft is what? You know, it's, it's not as long as a regular redraft. You only get to pick rookies, and then like into the third round, it kind of dries up. That's what it felt like to me this year. After like the first two rounds, you kind of scrounging for guys that are on a deeper end that might have a chance. But you know, everybody's experience is different. But shout out to the commissioners. That's going through right now, trying to get everybody together, make sure everybody's organized and logged into the NFL apps you're using or the sleeper apps or CBS. You know, I don't want to talk about CBS, man. Why y'all still making people pay for that? Now, don't get me wrong. CBS fantasy app is tough. I mean, the, the user interface is cool, is solid, especially from where it's come from. But y'all still charging, man. Come on. That ain't right. NFL's free. Sleeper's free. Yahoo's free. Come on, CBS. Jump on the bandwagon. But, yeah, it's, I know the commissioners is going through right now because people, they don't pay attention to the notifications. You know, you telling them to sign on. Make sure you check the chat. for. That's my experience right now. Like, I'm telling my boys, look, check the chats. You know, all the information is updated, and I still got people's hitting me up. So I'm like, what, what, what app are we using? Dog, it's the same app that we was using last year. 
<laughs> like, come on, man. Help me out here. Make my job a little bit easier. I can't sign in. And then you always get this, the group of people who don't read the chats, who don't check the information, who don't, they, they on mute. And then come fantasy time, like next week, I'll say like next week or two weeks. Oh, uh, I didn't know. Like, dog, you on mute. Like, I can't. <laughs> I've been trying to I've been trying to hit everybody up in the chat, you know. I then I gotta go around and send out text messages and stuff. Like it's just like it's every year with these guys. But I love them, you know. That's why I keep them in the league, you know. So we can talk trash and I can win my championships back because that's the goal. Get them chips back. I had a rough twenty twenty. Did not do me any favors. COVID really jacked up a lot of stuff, but I don't wanna fall on COVID to be an excuse. But this year, if you're listening to me, I'm trying to win my league and I will help you any way I can if you listen. Everything that I say, I tr- I do or I try to do. And I know that I have some friends that listen to me and they screw me up. <laughs> They'll screw me up. They'll go through. I've had some drafts where. There, you know, people will ask me questions or they'll ask me my thoughts on stuff. And then next thing you know, I'm looking at my draft like, yo, why am I all, my, all the guys that I like are going ahead of me? <laughs> and I've seen other, you know, uh, people that I've gotten in contact with other fantasy analysts and, you know, other guys who are really into fantasy. And they're like, yo, man, this is one of the issues because your friends and your friends league, they they listen to your stuff and they trying to see what you're thinking. I'm like, dang. It backfired. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, let's get into it. This episode, running backs. We're gonna finish out the ranking, and then we're gonna get in the next episode. We're gonna get into all the stuff that's going on in preseason. We already had first week of preseason locked in, so I definitely want to get to that. So the next episode, I guarantee you, we're gonna talk about all that stuff. Justin Fields, you know, the whole shebang. But we gotta knock this episode out. So you know what to do. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasies Finest. You can follow me, the host. You should know me by now. Will at hype underscore finest. You can follow my other co-hosts, Jalen underscore ace underscore ECA four and Mark at MC The guys haven't been on for a while, but they've been doing their own thing. Um, Mark has been handling his uh, gaming platform. He's been doing that real heavy. Proud of him. He's been doing uh, some a couple of events in New York, I believe. And I think he did another one that wasn't far away. But I can't remember. I can't remember that one. And then Ace, he's got a baby on the way. He's handling that. You know, you got to deal with the, the pregnant wife and making sure that she's straight. So I can't sweat the guys for not coming on the show. They know they season is open. So whenever they get back, it's business as usual. But until then, I'm going to hold it down. I should try, probably try and get some guests on, though. <laughs> Spice things up. But let's get into the episode uh, make sure you also subscribe to the podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many more. And let's get into the show. Let's jump right in. Let's go hit see what's going on with the news. News and notes from around the NFL. Okay, first up. Remember all that hoopla about Dak Prescott's shoulder and it might fall off and he might need to get it amputated and all this crazy stuff. Everybody was so worried about Dak Prescott's shoulder. 
And then he had the MRI. He's trending in the right direction. All that noise for what? Everybody panicked. All the sports media outlets. And you know which ones I'm talking about. The Undisputed. The First Takes. All of them type shows. Oh, I'm concerned. Even Michael Irvin. Come on, Irvin. Irvin, you supposed to be in the know, man. You ain't supposed to be sweating it like that. You know what's up. He was cool. But he was talking it up a little bit. I seen a couple of drones on NFL Network, and he was like, you know, I'm concerned. He wasn't throwing. And he do, he's still doing practice. I'm like, come on, Irv. Irv. Not you, Irv. You're not supposed to get sucked in. You're supposed to know. <laughs> but Dak Prescott's fine. He's trending in the right direction. They're just going to take it easy on him. Um, he wants to play on August 21st against the Texans in a preseason game. He'll probably get his wish if I'm, if it was me. I'm like, nah, you sit this one out. We we need you for Tampa Bay 100%. But he's been throwing in practice. He's actually throwing um, in warm-ups before the Arizona-Dallas game. So he's he's trending in the right direction. It was Everybody was overblowing everything. And in case you missed it, Amari Cooper came back off of the pup list. Uh, Saquon Barkley came back off of the pup list. Amari Cooper is, has actually been on the up and up. The only thing with the Saquon news is that they're still being a little cloak and dagger about his week one workload. Um, I, like I said before, or I believe I've said it before on a podcast, I'm concerned about that. If they're not going to come out and say, you know, we're going to eat either. They're going to come out and say, we're going to ease him in, or we're going to give him his regular workload. He's back to normal, blah, blah, blah. I can't really justify, at least for me, I can't take Saquon in the first. I need my bona fide guys. I don't need no question marks going into week one. I want to start from the rip. I want all my guys, my high grade guys, my first and second round picks, locks. They're going to have their full workloads. They're going to be used like they normally would. I can't take the guessing game with Saquon Barkley. Some people will take that risk because he's floating around between the end of the first and the early second. But there's just too many guys. Even if you don't want to put other guys ahead of him, there's just so many other guys that are going to get their regular workloads over Saquon. And then the Giants offense is not great. But I don't want to beleaguer that. You know, we could talk. We could talk about how bad the Giants are for days. Speaking of Giants, Kenny Galladay is still dealing with his hamstring injury. In case you missed it, he's uh, last week he left practice um, for a hamstring injury, and he is expected to miss about two to three weeks because of that. Um, let's see what else we got. The Ravens are getting smacked around with the injuries. Lamar Jackson returned from having COVID, and then he lost almost every other wide receiver. Marquise Brown's dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, Rashad Bateman, who just had core surgery, isn't expected to return until September. And then Sammy Watkins got hurt. So all the Ravens' top wide receivers are dealing with some kind of injury and will miss some kind of time. Uh, It's just... It sucks because, like I said, Lamar just came back from COVID, and then he's not—he doesn't have anybody to throw with. I mean, Sammy Watkins—I don't think his injury is considered serious, so he'll be back before the others. You know, Marquise will probably be the second one. I mean, Marquise will be the second one to come back. It's just a matter of how fast he can come back from that hamstring injury. But man, it—it just sucks 
that you that uh tongue tied Lamar Jackson finally gets a bunch of wide receivers and he still can't throw to them because they get they getting banged up in practice. So that kind of stinks. And then if you missed it, Justin Jefferson uh went down in practice with the AC joint. He's actually returned to practice. He was limited. He was listed as limited um in practice to well, today is Monday. So for the Monday report uh, for training camp, he was listed as limited. So that's a good sign. He should be back hopefully by week one. Um, I'm not sure what the uh, I'm not I'm not sure what the uh, cost would be for or the chance for re-injury would be on that shoulder. Um, that's something to look into. I'm going to try and look into that and see if there's anything, any possible possibilities for re-injury. But that would be a, one concern I would have about that. Other than that, if they're just going to take it easy on him and let him heal, uh, I don't think there's going to be any concerns about him in, heading into the regular season. So, I mean, that's about it for the news. Just in case you missed anything, you know, you, you, you caught up now. <laughs> now let's get into these rankings and knock this episode out. Running backs, 11 through 20. Fantasy rankings, running backs. All right. Now I'll say it again. I'm using a consistent consistency consensus <laughs> and i'm looking at the word too like come on man i'm looking i'm using the consensus rankings off of fancy pro and i'm stacking up my rankings with theirs to see where certain players are landing so jumping right into it i have number 11 clyde edwards hilaire he's the consensus number 14 now the reason why i like clyde edwards clyde edwards hilaire is that when you look at the chiefs running back situation, they really didn't bring anybody that's a threat to him. Um, this off season, you know, Le'Veon Bell's gone. Damian Williams, he's in Chicago now. So there's not really a running back there that can challenge him for the starting role or take work from him. Um, and then he gets the other, he gets the off season that he didn't get in 2020. They fixed their offensive line. You know, they, because after that Super Bowl, that was the first thing that they went to work on. So I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire has an opportunity to really get himself, get himself into the Chiefs offense and be a real part of that. Because the Chiefs running back situation, their run game hasn't been, you know, that's not what they're known for. They're known for having one of the best passing offenses in the league. And they have one of the best uh, passing power pass catching weapons in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But we've seen what running backs can do when they're incorporating their offense. Damian Williams had one of the better finishes down the stretch in what, 2018. That's what everybody's trying to get a piece of. But I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be that person that finally gets the Chiefs run game going. Or um, if it's not completely on the ground, he's definitely going to be a part of that in the air. And I think he's going to be that guy they're going to use around the goal line. Um, inside the 20, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has saw 29 uh, carries inside the 20 as opposed to any other running back. That was more than any other running back for the Chiefs offense. That's even with Le'Veon Bell on the roster at the time. He's going to get those goal line touches, and they're going to try and get him more involved in that area of the field. And now that they have a retooled offensive line, that only bodes well for more for uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And he got Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. So, you know, 
I'm kind of leaning on that. <laughs> so that's why I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, at the number 11 spot. Coming in at number 12, Austin Eckler. He's the consensus number eight. Now, I kind of get why, because the Chargers offense is really good in terms of the passing game. And Eckler's should be featured as one of the passing weapons, you know, coming out of the backfield for the uh, Chargers. And then you got Justin Herbert, who was fantastic in his rookie season. So I get why they have him that high. Now, I will say it do have me a bit nervous because they've been recently like uh, Larry Roundtree has been doing well in camp and he showed well in the preseason game. So they've been talking about maybe doing a committee um, for the Chargers this year. I will say that even if they do a committee, they're more. They look like they're going to be more geared towards the pass. And that's where Eckler thrives. And in PPR formats, he's going to be one of those guys that gets a ton of work. Now, can he get in on the goal line and do some damage? That remains to be seen. But if he can and they use him in that way, or even if they split shares, he's still going to be a problem. And he's still going to be one of the um, he's still going to be one of the more pass friendly running backs that you're going to have in that offense. So I'm not really overly concerned about the prospect of maybe they go to a a running back by committee. But even if they do, um, Austin Eckler is going to be the one that gets the uh, he's going to get the the passing work coming out of the backfield for them. And uh, what else I got on him? I guess that's it. I mean, he's coming back from injury. I don't think one thing about injuries, you can't really be worried about them because they can strike at any moment. So. Like Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Austin Eckler, those guys, they are coming back from injuries this year. Should you be nervous? I mean, maybe Saquon, but like I said, injuries can happen. So you can't shrink back from picking up guys just because they were hurt the year before. I mean, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL and he came back and stomped his way to the rushing title the following season, right? Like, you can't worry about that. But, yeah, that's why I have um, Austin Eckler at 12. And then coming in at number 13, Najee Harris. The consensus number 13. So we kind of match up there. Now, I know why people are a bit nervous about Najee Harris because he's a rookie coming in. And, you know, the offensive line for the Steelers isn't great. And I, I totally get those those thoughts. But at the same time, we know that when the Steelers have a prime running back they're going to give him the work and he's not just going to get rushing attempts he's going to be used in the passing game he's not going to come off the field that much you know he's going to get a spell here or there but he's going to be the workhorse which is why the Steelers went and drafted him in the first round now they did make some additions to their uh, offensive line but like most cases it remains to be seen if it's going to improve So I get why people are like I said, I get why people are nervous about that. But Najee Harris is not I don't think he's a guy that you got to worry about. He's going to get the volume. Who else do the Steelers have in that backfield that could threaten him for volume? Maybe Anthony McFarlane, you know, some pass catching work. He comes out of the backfield and does that. But Benny Snell is not better than Najee Harris. Anthony McFarlane, he does have big playability. So maybe he gets a little bit more involved in the offense, but they drafted Najee Harris for a reason. 
They want to get back to running the ball. They don't want Big Ben throwing the ball that much. He threw, he, with the Steelers were top five in pass attempts last year. I don't think Big Ben is done either. I just don't think that they want him throwing the ball that much. They don't need him to throw the ball that much. They want to get back to running the ball, imposing their will, dominating at the line of scrimmage. That's what they want. They don't need Big Ben hold, carrying the team on his back through the air. Now, they do have the wide receivers to do it, but they, they want to get back to old school football. And Najee Harris at 13, I think that's a solid spot for him. Coming in at number 14, J.K. Dobbins, the consensus number 18. I I understand why they have him at 18. <clears throat> My voice left me for a second. I understand why they have him at 18, but I think people are not listening to what's coming out of the Ravens. And I understand that Lamar Jackson runs a lot, but he's going to have to dial that back. He's trying to get paid. He hasn't been paid yet, but other quarterbacks have been paid already. Josh Allen got his deal. Baker Mayfield is up for his his deal. Lamar Jackson wants to get that bag. Now, the question will be whether or not they pay him top money like they paid Josh Allen, like Dak Prescott, like Deshaun Watson. In that top five, top three, top two area. Now, me personally, I do think Lamar Jackson's worth it. But they want to see him. They want to see him do more with the passing game, which is why they got him a whole bunch of wide receivers. Which is why Greg Roman said he wants to make uh, the offense a little bit more balanced. Why they want to get the running backs more involved in the passing game. They got to get these things done so Lamar can get paid. So he's still going to scramble. He's still going to run a lot. But it's not, I don't think it's going to be as detrimental to the running backs as it has been in the past. Like we saw Mark Ingram get off um, a couple years back. But I think J.K. Dobbins has an opportunity to really not only cement himself as the lead running back, but do damage inside the passing game. Mark Ingram in 2019 and J.K. Dobbins last season saw under 30 targets out of the backfield. The Ravens were dead last in passing attempts in 2020. That's not going to get it done if they want to be more balanced. Lamar's going to have to show that he can throw the ball as well as he can run it. And they made sure to go get him weapons so that he can do it. Marquise Brown, he's still there. Sammy Watkins, they brought in. Rashawn Bateman, they drafted. They still have Mark Andrews. And you have Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins coming out of the backfield. Dobbins is going to be fine. I don't think that, I think people are feeding into the panic a little bit because of how well Lamar Jackson runs. But I think they're going to make sure that they get the running backs more involved in the passing game. And that's where J.K. Dobbins will benefit. We saw what he could do last season down the stretch. He was a problem when they got him more involved when Mark Andrews. I mean, not Mark Andrews. Uh, Mark Ingram kind of took the back seat and let the young boy go. And he was even Mark Andrews was like, yo, I don't know why they let they ain't let him go earlier. He's a problem. And I think, you know, because of how the offense runs through Lamar, people forget people are forgetting that. 
Number 15, Chris Carson. The consensus number 16. People are really sleeping on Chris Carson. He's a solid RB2. Solid. If I can get him in most of my fantasy drafts, I'll be fine. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, he's always hurt. He does get nicked up, but he does not miss a lot of time. Just go over his numbers the last couple of years. He doesn't miss as much time as is perceived. He missed four games last season, but he's still one of the better running backs, especially when you get into what the mid second going into the third round around that area. He's still one of the better running backs. Nine total touchdowns last season, averaged 4.5 yards per carry, 46 targets out of the backfield, and averaged 15.6 fantasy points. 15.6 fantasy points from RB2? Give me that. <laughs> and like like I said before about a couple other guys, who's coming out to take more work away from him? Nobody. Rashad Penny? Come on now. DJ Dallas, come on now. None of them dudes are coming in to take more work from Chris Carson. But for whatever reason, people are not giving Chris Carson the credit that he needs. But I'll take him. You let him slide to me, I'll definitely take him. So I got him in my 15s. I I made sure, not made sure, but I had to put him inside my top 15. Like, come on. I think he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. He he's he's good, especially with the Seattle Seahawks offense. Coming in at number 16, David Montgomery. It was hard. I could have put him into my inside my top 15. It was just I do like uh, Dobbins a little bit more than Montgomery, but Montgomery is going to be nice. And I know I've said before that I was concerned about David Montgomery and I should be. Because Matt Nagy's still calling plays. Bill Lazor is not. He gave the playbook back to uh, Matt Nagy this year. Matt Nagy's going to be calling the calling plays. And I want to be positive because Nagy is saying all the right things right now. Oh, we're going to try and get David Montgomery 20 carries a game. And, you know, we're going to get him more involved in the running game and blah, blah, blah. Cool. But make sure you do it. And you can involve him as a passer. He can do both. He's that good. He just needs to stay healthy, too, because he he, he, did, he was a little banged up last season. But David Montgomery, I was hype on him coming out of college. He's going to be fine. Tyreek Cohen still dealing with his injuries. He's not back to full strength yet. Damian Williams, I think, is the guy that you, you know, Break the glass on in case something happens to Damon, uh, David Montgomery. But David Montgomery can do it all. 18 fantasy points per game last year was his average. He finished the RB4. Crushed it down the stretch. Six weeks. Over the last six weeks, he was the RB1. Like, yeah, he had some cake matchups, but he was still able to get it done. Give the man the ball. <laughs> Give David Montgomery the ball and let him work. And then and start Justin Fields week two against the Bengals. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number 17, Miles Sanders. The consensus number 19. I know you guys are probably hearing, you know, the 
the constant theme of this episode. Who's taking work from Miles Sanders? He's one of the better rushers on the team. You can use him at the at the goal line. They do have Jordan Howard. I hope they don't get stupid with that. Jordan Howard is what he is right now. But Miles Sanders is one of the better dual threats or he can't. He has the potential to be one of the better dual threats. His issue is is uh, the passing game. Seven drops last season, 13.5 percent drop rate, 53.8 percent catch rate. All substantial drops from his rookie season. That's the area he has to tighten up in. But you've seen his breakaway speed. You know, you see he can break out big runs at any given moment. He's got to tighten up in that passing game. If he does, he could have been higher on this list. Now, they did bring in Kenneth Gainwell. Um, they do have Carrion Johnson. Um, I still believe Carrion has a chance to get in and take that job from Jordan Howard. I, I feel like they're a similar build. Carry on is a better pass catcher than Jordan Howard. So if you do want to, you want to have a banger on the squad, you got a younger guy in carry on over Jordan Howard. Let Jordan Howard hit the bricks. Boston Scott, he's got one. This is his final year on his contract. You drafted his replacement in Gainwell. Gainwell, carry on, and Miles Sanders are going to be your running backs or should be your running backs from the Eagles heading into the 2021 season. Miles Sanders is your spearhead. I just hope they don't get cute with it and start, you know, oh, oh we're going to run all three and oh, please don't do that. But they're going to run. Miles Sanders is going to be going to be nice. That's why I have him at 17. They just need to. He needs to trust himself in a passing game and they need to give him a shot to, to uh, show that he's improved in that area. Coming in at 18, DeAndre Swift consensus number 15. I would have put him higher, but they they picked up Jamal Williams in, a, in free agency, and they've been talking about using him as a one-two punch. So I think that's going to take a little bit of the edge off of DeAndre Swift. I think he's still going to be a solid run, uh, running back too, but you know, I, I like my I like my bell cows. So I like getting my guys early and not having to worry about guys sharing a workload. But you know, in comparison, Swift is better than Williams, but Williams isn't a slouch. So they both basically do or have the ability to do the same things. It's just, man, it, it I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, man, Swift was going to have the backfield to himself. He was going to run away with it. And then he was like, oh, we're bringing in Jamal Williams. <laughs> Swift finished the uh, inside the top 20 last season. He was the RB 18, 10 total touchdowns. And he's nice in the passing game. That's a, that's a good asset for Jared Goff to have because he likes to dump it off to the running backs. I mean, that's how Todd Gurley, that's one of the reasons why Todd Gurley uh, ate so much uh, when he was with the Rams. But if they're going to use a two man attack out of the backfield, I might, I've been able to grab Jamal Williams later in drafts um, as opposed to just going after 
DeAndre Swift because I've been able to land so many other guys higher up on my list. But Swift is going to be a problem. I like Swift. I like his game. Um, he's shifty. Durability. I mean, I don't know, man. He he had a con- I think he had a concussion last year. I, I don't want to take that away from him. Like, dude, you know, you banging in there when you're a running back. So I'm not going to say he's got, you know, injury concerns. But I think compared to where everybody else is on the list, 18 is cool. Moving in at number 19, Mr. Controversial, Joe Mixon. <laughs> He's the consensus 12. I had to bump that boy down to 19, man. I just, I don't, I want to get on a bandwagon, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm reading the red flags. and I'm like, you know, Joe Mixon is, he's burned a lot of people the last couple of years. He gets banged up. The offensive line isn't good. They're going to be passing a lot. You know, he can be used inside the passing game. And, you know, the coaching staff, the Bengals coaching staff has said that they want to keep him on the field, which is a positive. But I don't know, man, the offense, the Bengals offense has to take a leap in terms of being able to put up points. Joe Burrow has to continue to trend upward. He has an arsenal of weapons at his disposal for the Bengals. Joe Mixon is one of them. He's going to see a substantial workload. The question is, can he turn it into points? And that's why I have him at 19, because I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure at all. That's why I have him down there so low. So, I mean, it's like, and he's always there. Like, he's always there when you think that he's not going to be there to draft. And he's looking you dead in your face like, you know, give me a chance. Give me a chance. (laughs) Give me one more chance. I'm like, no, I don't want you. I want somebody else. (laughs) But Joe Mixon, I I think he still cracks the the top 20 on most lists. You just don't know what you're going to get out of him. You know, the work is going to be there. The workload is going to be there. But what kind of production are you going to get behind that workload? And that, that remains to be seen. And finally, number 20. Josh Jacobs, the consensus number 20. I like Josh Jacobs, but it didn't really feel like he finished. It didn't feel like he was a, a top 10 running back last year. He finished the R, uh, running back eight in PPR formats. He had 12 total touchdowns. And I'm like, he had 12 touchdowns last year? When? <laughs> and then when I went to go look at his, you know, his numbers, I'm like, I see why. He had a couple of games where he was just stacking up touchdowns and then like he would go weeks without scoring and then have another game where he had two touchdowns, three touchdowns and then one, two, three, four or one, two, three weeks, zero, one, two, three, zero, one, two, three, four, zero. It's like, yo, you scoring your touchdowns in bunches and that's cool. But that's about, he had uh seven games where he scored touchdowns. 43% on the season. I'm like, uh, I don't know, dog. And then they bring in King and Drake, too. He finished as a, a, what, top 15 running back last year. He had a, a he was another, he was another one. He didn't feel like he scored as many touchdowns as he said on the, on the numbers. So I'm like, I don't know. Now you got two guys who are going to fest, uh, eat into each other's workload. King and Drake can be used in a passing game, too. 
And they don't, they didn't seem like they wanted to use Josh Jacobs in the passing game last year either. So it was like, I, I don't know about him. Josh Jacobs is a guy, the workload is there. He saw 300 and what, 306 attempts rushing last year inside the top five rushing attempts. But I don't know what the the Raiders are going to do. And then they, they, what the heck did they do to their offensive line? They let everybody go. I don't know. Out of respect and maybe the workload that he's going to get, you got to put him in the, inside the top 20. But I don't know. Jacobs is my least favorite running back to pick this year. It is what it is. I don't care. <laughs> but that'll wrap up this episode. We are done. That's my list from top to bottom, 11 through 20. I'll run it back over to you. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes in at 11. Number 12, Austin Eckler. Number 13, Najee Harris. Number 14, J.K. Dobbins. Number 15, Chris Carson. Number 16, David Montgomery. Number 17, Miles Sanders. Number 18, DeAndre Swift. Number 19, Joe Mixon. Number 20, Josh Jacobs. So let me know if you listen to the episode, what y'all think of my list. I'm going to drop it on Twitter too, so we can talk about it. But that's it for this episode. I appreciate you guys checking me out and listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Twitter and follow the show at Fantasy's Finest. And you can follow me at Hype underscore Finest. That is it, ladies and gentlemen. We are done. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> and we'll talk to you in our next episode. We're going to get into some preseason stuff on the next one. So, oh boy, you better check it. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, too, at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.